Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. So right now, just settle. Settle where you are and take a breath. Hmm. And as I feel that breath flowing in and out of my body, I'm connected to that flow, that flow of life that is always present, always infilling me. And I acknowledge that that is spirit, that is the one life that is God's life. It is the one body that is God's body. And this is the source of all things, all creation coming into being eternally. And I know that with this creation, there is intention and purpose. There is love and giving. And because this is the nature of God and spirit and creation in every moment, I know that this is my nature as well. For that spirit, that source is living in as and through me right now, filling me with creation and the unlimitedness of that one mind, that one divine consciousness. And so I know that because that is the truth of my being, that it is the truth of all. That everything that is created and everyone that is created is infilled by that mind of God, that consciousness of eternal creation, eternal life. And that that becoming, that flow, is happening in every moment. And I recognize this in the nature around me as I've watched the leaves and the flowers change, as I watch the waters of the earth change from the, the dew on the grass in summer to the rains of fall and autumn, and I watch in the winter time as that same water is transformed into an eternal show, an unlimitedness of snowflakes, each with their own identity, just as everything and everyone on this planet is unique and one of a kind. And so this becoming, this evolution of everything and everyone is a joyful and blessed event for it is spirit living in as and through all bringing all of the unlimitedness and expression the expression of who and what i am the expression of who and what you are into being forever 
And so I release this with joy, with expectation, with the excitement of each new day and each new becoming, knowing that spirit is unfolding and expressing my good in what I am and the gifts that come through in through each and every one. I'm grateful for this blessed event. Blessed for this time together, knowing that spirit is right here, right now. And so I release this into those hands, knowing it is done with purpose and love. And I simply say, and so it is. So today we are talking about the joy of becoming. The whole month we're looking at the journey of becoming, but today is the joy of becoming. And I think that's so appropriate because in the Christian calendar, uh, today is the third Sunday of Advent. And the Advent, hang on here, the Advent uh, theme for today, if I will push the right button on my computer, today is known as Gaudete Sunday. And all the other candles in the, in the Advent uh, wreath in the Advent uh, candle setup are purple, but today's is rose-colored, you know, kind of like this shirt. And it's called Gaudete Sunday, which is the Latin word for rejoice. And it comes from the reading that opens today, rejoice in God always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your humility be known to all. God is at hand. Don't worry over things, but always by prayer and earnest desire with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And so that is, that is what a wonderful affirmation to, to rejoice in God, not be afraid of God, not any, you know, all that other gunk that many of us grew up with. Rejoice, Gaudete. So we are looking at the joy of becoming. You know, I have a, a, a Thich Nhat Hanh um, calendar uh, that I, I uh, have on my wall here. And the December reading for this is very appropriate for today. It says, your purpose is to be yourself. I'll read that again. Your purpose is to be yourself. You don't have to run anywhere to become someone else. You are wonderful just as you are. Say that to yourself. Give yourself a little hug. I am wonderful just as I am. You know, it's funny, yesterday in Mystic uh, class, we had our, our final uh, meeting of our year-long program, and I was talking about one of the ahas that kind of came to me over the weekend was, I don't have to be somebody else. And, and it was funny because it was Thich Nhat Hanh that I was thinking of because I was reading some of his work, and I thought, you know, oh, I should be more like him. And then I thought, I don't have to be like him. He's doing a great job being Thich Nhat Hanh. It's already taken, you know, and I'm here to be me, David. And you're here to be you, you know, this person. That's who we're here. We're here to become ourselves. So a question. What if the spiritual journey was not a slog through all of our layers of separation and resistance? What if that's not what it was about? What if it isn't about suffering? What if it's a joy? What if it's a delight? In fact, what if it isn't even our journey? 
take a breath with me. Because of our conditioning, we believe that we are separate beings, earning or finding our way back to a God from whom we separated long ago. <clears throat> but that's not really the case, is it? How can we ever be separate from an infinite presence? How can we ever be separate? What if we didn't sin or fall or separate ourselves in some way? What if we never did anything wrong? What if, if this is just the process of the infinite itself knowing itself more fully and forgetting so that it can remember? What if forgetting and remembering are two sides of the same coin? You know, the Taoists remind us, Lao Tzu in the Tao Te Ching, verse 2, says, being and non-being, excuse me, being and non-being create each other. Difficult and easy support each other. Long and short define each other, and high and low depend on each other. What if remembering and forgetting create knowing, create a deep knowing? We are not independent little beings completely separate from life, off to make something of ourselves or to earn a living by ourselves. Even as the prodigal son in the story in, 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 the, in the New Testament was forgetting his identity, he was still immersed in his father's love. And we, you and I, all of us, are completely enveloped in divine being, immersed in an atmosphere of love, of beauty, of intelligence. We are immersed in this right now. The journey of becoming is really just the journey of becoming awake. There's nowhere to go. It's just becoming awake. Awake to our own true magnificence. And the magnificence of a life that is remembering. You know, every morning we awaken and we release the dream state of sleep. And we wake to the <clears throat> reality of this life. Perhaps even aware or, or wondering, like uh, Zhuang said, did, did when he said, you know, I awoke, I, I was dreaming I was a butterfly and awoke and realized I was Zhuangzi. But am I really a butterfly dreaming that I'm Zhuangzi? Or am I Zhuangzi dreaming that I'm a butterfly? What's the reality? What if all of this is not what we think? What if this whole process that's happening in the world right now is helping us to awaken from our belief in the reality of the physicality of the world as, our, as a dominant way of being? You know, centuries ago, people, when, when it was first proposed that the earth was round, were afraid they were going to, if they got too far over to the edge, they'd fall off the edge of the earth still because they still didn't understand gravity. What if we don't understand yet what it is like to be spiritual beings in a spiritual universe. And we're afraid to let go of our clinging to the reality of physicality. Just a little sidebar there. So in those mornings, do we wake up happy to be playing in this dance of remembering 
Or do we wake up and pull the covers of yesterday's memories and yesterday's beliefs and yesterday's dreams over our magnificent self, pull them over our minds and walk around like the prodigal son, forgetting who and what we really are? See, even when he was starving, the prodigal son was still the son of his father. In the story, it says that the son came to himself. All my dreams are waiting for me to come true. That is, he remembered who he really was. And as he was still on his journey home, it says the father rushed out to meet him. The father in this story represents the infinite presence. The father rushed out to meet him because the presence is always there. Now, the son had this whole, you know, I have sinned against you and I am no longer worthy of being your son. Let me just be a hired hand on the ranch, you know, because they live better than what I was living there back there. He had this whole speech worked out and, and he delivered it as soon as he saw his dad. But his father ignored it, never addressed it, never spoke about it just ignored it, and instead simply started hugging him and kissing him and loving on him, welcoming him home. He brought him new clothes, which represents external circumstances. As we come true, our external circumstances, our robe, our sandals will shift, will change into something far more magnificent. And he brought, gave him a ring to signify a return to honor, a return to the remembering of who he was. And he had a feast, the fatted calf and all that, to feed his inner hunger. We wait, make up stories of our unworthiness and our perceived sins, but the infinite is pure love. It doesn't perceive sin. It can't even know sin. It doesn't have the idea of unworthiness. See, the sun operated in a far land which is a separation, our land of separation. And I don't know about you, but I've felt sometimes in a far land at times in my life, and probably all of you have too. But it's a perceived but not actual separation. And just as we operate in a, in a state of imagined separation from the infinite source, like, yet like the father's, like the son, and the, like the father reminds his first son, when the first son questions, why are you, you know, why is, why is this party going on? This, you know, th this loser came back. Why are you partying? And why, why didn't you give this to me? And the father reminds him, you're always with me and everything which is mine is yours. We can have the party anytime we want, but we have to know that we can have the party. If I believe that I'm supposed to suffer and struggle and not have the good, I never ask the father for the party. You know, just like at this time of year, and, and actually, frankly, daily, the planet becomes dark. It seems like we're darker. It becomes dark not because the sun, the source, moves, relatively speaking, but because the planet moves. So we experience darkness because we move away from the source when we're experiencing darkness in our lives. Some spiritual teachings emphasize suffering and earning your way back to God. But why would the infinite want to suffer? If the infinite is all there is, why would it want to suffer? See, I don't believe in a suffering God. I don't believe in a suffering God, nor in a God who wants us to suffer. In the story of the prodigal, there was no requirement for suffering. In the book of Proverbs, it says the blessings of God bring riches and there shall be no sorrow in them. What if we're here to party? What if we're here to party, to have fun? 
Thomas Troward, who was a, a New Thought uh, writer, speaker, teacher of the early 1900s, wrote about the seven main aspects of God. And he wrote about this in his 1915 book called The Creative Process in the Individual, which is a fabulous book. And he says, the reason he, it's important to know the main aspects of God is what any power does depends on what it is, for the simple reason that it cannot give out what it does not contain. That's true of us. When we work on things, we work to become that which we want to see in our lives. If I want to have more love in my life, I want to become more loving. If I want to have more wealth in my life, I have to become more wealthy in my mind and my consciousness. If I want to have greater health in my life, I have to hold a consciousness, not dictated by that out there, but of the health that is, my, that is the source within me. So to begin, the first aspect of the divine, he says, must be life. <laughs> if it's not life, you and I are not having this conversation. We're not here. You know, none of this is here. So it's life. Life is the first aspect of the divine. And then because it is life, it must be love. That's a capital L, love. Because as life, it tends to the fuller development of life in each individual expression for the pure purpose, a pure motive of the enjoyment of life which is love. If you love somebody, you want to support them in having a more enjoyable life, yes? And the infinite is exactly the same. And then because it is life guided by love, it also must be what he calls light, which is intelligence, wisdom. It is the perception of boundless manifestations yet to be. In other words, it is the infinite awareness of infinite potentialities. It is that which knows and sees all. And from this proceeds power. Because there is no opposing force at the level of spirit, life urged forward by love, which is the desire for expression, and by light, which is the pure perception of infinite possibility, must produce power, which is the ability to act. This is not power over. This is just the ability to act. Breathe that in. Let that flow. I love Teresa today was, or uh, Susan today in her prayer was talking about the flow. This is the flow of the divine. So from this power, then, it is peace. Deep peace. Because there's no antagonism in the oneness. Only a wholeness with no resistance. See, when we seek to know peace. We seek to know that state of consciousness that does not have struggle, resistance, antagonism. Next, it must be beauty. Because the infinite is creating a perfect expression of its idea. And finally, it is joy. Because it is the infinite experiences pleasure in its self-expression and in the possibility of everlasting evolution of expression. In other words, not only does it have this particular thing, which is perfect, whole, and complete, exactly as it is, but it sees that there's more. It's like when we are climbing a mountain, once we get to the top of the mountain, we can see more. We can see greater possibility. And so this is the joy, each step being whole and perfect in itself, and yet each is leading to something more magnificent. Notice that nowhere in this process is struggle or suffering. 
because the infinite oneness can't struggle with itself. And then notice, this is important. This is one, I love this, this explanation for this, because the final outcome of life being life is joy. The purpose of life is joy. It ain't suffering. It ain't misery. It ain't all that garbage that we got taught. The final outcome is the joy in becoming. The purpose of life is joy. We don't have to make ourselves joyful or force ourselves to be joyful. Ha, 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 ho, ho, ho. No, we just tap into the process of life being life, which is happening within and all around us always. And this ex inevitably brings us to the already existing joy. So <laughs> you say, how do I do this? Because if you're like me, sometimes you get stuck. Anybody else get stuck once in a while? Yeah. The, the practice is so simple that we don't even pay attention to it, but I'm going to call it out and I'm going to invite you to play with it. The practice is by practicing the same creative process that the Spirit uses, which is self-contemplation, capital S, self, the contemplation of divine. It is very simple. It is a quality of being instead of doing. We think we have to do in order to get to joy. We don't. We simply have to be who we truly are. See, we are expressions of the infinite, centers in which it finds fresh outlet for its creativity. You and I are centers of divine operation. As we contemplate the nature of the divine as our normal standard, in other words, as we recognize this is our normal, not the stuff that we got taught, that's not really truly our normal. Our normal is this infinite presence, this infinite life, love, light, power, peace, beauty, and joy. As we recognize that's our normal, we align more and more with the flow, with both the process and the product, the inner and the outer, of the infinite oneness. We experience the joy of becoming which one with the one which is joy. So contemplating the oneness results in us becoming more of ourselves rather than less. Because we know that we are creating not from our own unaided, pre-programmed will, nor from erroneous help from some unreliable God out there, but we are creating based on a universal law itself, which is manifesting through us. We are in the process of creating in alignment with and in flow with the universe. So this week, one practice. I know you're busy with all sorts of other stuff, so one practice. Spend some time, spend time contemplating the nature of the infinite. Spend time contemplating the nature of the infinite, which is your nature. And the aspects again are life, love, Light, power, peace, beauty, and joy. Notice which one of those resonates with you and which does not. Notice one that maybe you would say, I want to have more of that in, in my life, a greater expression of that. Invite a greater understanding of those aspects which do not. 
I remember years ago, uh, Reverend Kathy Ann up in Seattle was leading a women's retreat. And she said that, came back and she said that the word which most women could not handle, the aspect of God, was power. Because we have an interpretation about power that is different from the divine aspect of power. So notice which one of those really resonates, which one you feel like you'd want more of, and which of those kind of goes, I'm having trouble with that one. Take a breath. And then contemplate that which brings true joy in your life. Contemplate that which brings true joy in your life. And let the creative process flow through you and for you. What God is, you are. I want to close with a quote from Christian D. Larson, who wrote The Pathway of Roses, which is the class we're doing this January. And he says, make yourself a living example of the power of spirit. I'll say it again. Make yourself a living example of the power of spirit. Do not permit a single weakness to, com- to continue for a moment. Do not say that you will be in the future. Say that you are now. And you are, because you are the exact image of the Supreme. You are God in form. Let us affirm that with an affirmation. Say this with me. I am joyfully becoming awake to being the center of spirit that I truly am. One more time, I am joyfully becoming awake to being the center of spirit that I am, that I truly am, and so it is. Taking a nice deep breath, letting go gently on the exhale, or maybe dynamically letting go on the exhale. There is one, there is just one. Hmm. And so it is.